ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Architect Productions proudly presents the coach, Zach Kelly, the media, Nick Collier, coach, and the media podcast. Zach, episode one of Coaching the Media Podcast, coming at you hot. How we doing? Living the dream, brother. How are you? You know, living the dream. What can I say? (laughs) So, yeah, episode one of the podcast. Man, we've been talking about doing this one for a long time. Two years? Three years? I feel like we've got this, this, this gimmick of just like, Talking about things for two years, and then like after two years, finally doing it. Oh, you wearing a shirt too? Oh, oh, do I gotta represent, man? I just realized you had the shirt. On. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's love. It's love, right? Dude, there. I wear this thing all the time. Also, if you guys want the shirt, you can go to uh, Dream Chasers Apparel dot Squarespace dot com. Shameless plug. <laughs> Always got a plug. Shameless plug. Oh, man, what's good with you? Uh, <laughs> Living the dream, you know, making ends meet for right now. Got a couple jobs coming up. First time ever, though, I'm officially a coach. Huh? High school baseball coach. Assistant. It's the anymore. It's the coach and the coach. Everybody coach, coach, coach in the media. media. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a assistant coach of the high school baseball team and then maybe the head coach of the JV team. Don't know yet on that one. But Coach Collier's in the building. I call you Coach Collier, though. <laughs> from that name but we we will call you something coach c coach c i just coach k just a little different (laughs) now but we got a lot of topics to go here on episode one uh first though we're gonna start off kind of a little bit of introduction uh kind of what is what got us into sports because i mean we're gonna be covering a lot of sports so zach zach you can go first and what got me into sports man you know my dad really pushed it when i was a kid um played a lot of different things baseball and Football and uh, basketball, soccer at one point, which was stupid. I don't know who plays soccer. <laughs> like, it's fun to watch, but I ain't running for that long. Uh, but eventually fell in love with basketball and I really put my heart and soul into it and can become a competitive bear and uh, had the opportunity to fight some really good friends, including somebody I'm talking to right now. And, <laughs> uh, you know, really fell in love with it, fell in love with the game. And I had the opportunity to play college ball for a year. Um, I've been coaching for the last, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that hit you, didn't it? I've been coaching for five years. Oh, my God. Have you really been coaching for five years? I just finished up year five. Holy smokes. Four yeah. years of one year of greener. Yeah. Wowie. All right, we're getting old. Um, yeah, man. Fell in love with it, and I just had to, I've had the cool opportunity um, to be able to stay in it, stay in the game, get my degree while getting my degree, stay in the game, learn a lot with the college game, and to be honest with you, be in college and as a student and and, and doing some college coaching things, which was interesting. Um, really put a wrinkle in my life for a little bit. <laughs> Probably wasn't the best of friends or anything else for about a few years, but uh, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, we. That's what I did, man. I fell in love with it. Now I get the opportunity to opportunity to do it almost every day, recruiting every day, and just living it up, man. 
What about you? Yeah, no, I mean, same thing. Dad always. I mean, he was a sports guy. Got me into sports. I mean, I've been playing since I was like four, three or four. Pretty much as, as long as I could, as soon as I could hold a, a bat and a ball, I was playing. Um, I mean, I played, up until high school, I played bas- or baseball, basketball, football, soccer. I wanted to play hockey, but it was too expensive. I was, I was still bitter about that. I love hockey, but I was never able to play. Hey, I boy to play some baseball. Yeah, so we, we got through high school, man. Decided to drop basketball. Wasn't very good. I was good at free throws and defense. Say so Zach, Zach, Zach can attest to this, except for that uh, 25 piece I put on him at 3 in the morning. Hey, I, I think you drove me. <laughs> we'll, we'll, say, we'll save that for another story time. But, um, yeah, then played, uh, played two years of college baseball. Unfortunately, had to step away for an injury. But, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're here. We're living the dream. It's a tough time in life, wasn't it? You're, dude, that was honestly one of the best things that ever happened. Like, it was, it's weird. Because I remember, like, the, the first day that I was on campus, it was the, I think it was my, uh, my junior year. So it was the first day of junior year, and the bell for 4 o'clock rang at, uh, at school. And because we've got the big clock tower that actually rings, like, all over, you can hear all over campus. And that your type stuff. Yeah. So um, it rang, and I just stopped. And my wife, she was, we were dating at the time, and she just looks at me, she goes, what? And I go, it's four o'clock. She goes, yeah. And I go, I don't know what to do. She goes, what do you mean? I go, I've, I've always been practicing at four o'clock since I was, like, a kid. Like, I, I literally, I didn't know what to do. Like, it's like sports had been, like, that big in my life to the point to, like, a time in the day where I, I couldn't, or that I would normally have been practicing. I, I couldn't do it anymore, so I, I literally didn't know what to do. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always said, you know, I went to Muskegon for a year, coming back, and it was hard. But now, looking back on it, it's the best thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Having that positive mindset and that positive outlook on everything, whether it's an injury or, or just losing a scholarship or whatever whatever happens to happen, you can take that in a positive way and spin it, man, you're going to take off. It's all mm-hmm. about having that mindset. Mindset's yeah. a I mean, I, oh, dude, I remember when you decided to quit. I, I think I cried. <laughs> that, that was a rough decision, man. It was rough for me. <laughs> hey, I, I knew what I went through, so I knew what you were going through. I chose, yeah. I chose to do it. You didn't. Yeah. You to get hurt, like. You know, that was that was the craziest thing about that that injury, though, is that because it was a it was a partial it was a slap tear labrum, so it was it wasn't serious, but. It's still like I couldn't throw a baseball anymore. I can now. It's repaired. It. I never had surgery. They just did rehab on it because it was a slap tear. Repaired. Um. But dude, I went out. We were uh, we were uh, in a conference series. I was going out and just throwing in the outfield, just warming up. And I went to throw, and it's like I forgot every mechanical motion that my arm had learned over the past like twenty years because my arm just went like that. I was like, whoa, that's not right. Like there wasn't a pop. There was no pain. Just all of a sudden, I couldn't throw baseball anymore. It was the it was like the scene from like Rookie of the Year when he like falls and breaks his arm at the end of the movie, and he can't throw ninety anymore. It was like that, but like obviously I didn't throw ninety. I threw like maybe eighty at that point, but it's like I just couldn't throw baseball anymore. It was the weirdest thing. No pain, no anything. It was just like God reached down, was like you're done. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. But yeah, so we got a lot of topics. First, man, LeBron's soft. LeBron is soft. Well, yeah. 
LeBron is soft, man. Like this is like this is the intro topic. Like this, no, I'm just this is I I. No, man, we're, we're I, I want to start here because I, I got I've been sitting on this one for like two weeks now. So, going back to the series where he gets poked in the eye, specifically this point is where I'm starting. You're talking about against um, when Draymond did it. Yes, when Draymond poked him in the eye and LeBron was like, ah, just like looking all weird. So, that same week, I think it was like two days later, Kevin Pillar of the New York Mets takes a 96 minor fastball to the face, shatters his orbital bones and his nose. I believe it was his, it, I know it shattered his nose. Homie G was down, I think it was 75 seconds. 95 to, or 96 to the face, 75 seconds. There was a girl that, it was in the, uh, the college softball world series dislocates her ring finger. It's like this. She goes back in the dugout, pops it into place, goes back out onto the field. Took her 25 seconds. LeBron gets poked in the eye. He is down for 80 seconds. You would have thought he broke his ankle. Man, welcome, welcome to the NBA. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Like, did you did you get did you watch the Nets uh, Buck series last night? I did not. PJ Tucker, man, sets a screen. And you would have thought, you would have thought, you know them like uh, we got Eminem inflatable thing, the, like the jousting thing. Yes. You would have thought he hit James Harden in the face with one of those. He <laughs> fell. Uh, it was horrible. You know what? Okay, I'm I'm gonna rephrase my opinion. LeBron is soft. Yes. The NBA is soft. And, and, and you know, dude, some of these guys. You take some of these guys that are playing now. You put them back in like the 80s and 90s when they're out there trying to kill each other. They'll have five year five years and they're out of the league. It ain't happening. Yeah, but it's turned into, um, the, I think the, the NBA has allowed it to happen, sadly. And it, it's turned into, it was a problem in 2012. And then it was a problem, you know, when LeBron first got to Miami. When LeBron got to Miami, he was a killer. Oh, a whole different breed. It's a whole different man, right? And then he wins a championship and wins the second one. And then it was, he bounced out to Cleveland. You started seeing it in Cleveland. And uh, he, he was still a dog in Cleveland. Like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. You know, still, I watched every game. You know, now I'm like, if I miss a LeBron game, I miss a LeBron game. Uh, it's not a big deal. Um, it's, it's nothing like watching Luca or Devin Booker. Like, I study those two like it's like it's going out of style. And uh, for me, to me, the NBA is in great hands. We just gotta get some of these pud cakes out there. <laughs> and um, just it, it's turned into it's turned into a soap opera. And you know, and, and whether people want to think it or not, they. They use they use their platform for different ways, and it turns some people off, which is okay. They have, they have every right to do it. Um, that's why. That's I. Th- but I'm a personal believer. That's why the NBA is down forty something percent in the playoffs. Did you know that? I did not know that. They're down forty something percent, forty eight, forty two, something like that. I, I can tell you right now, I haven't watched a single playoff game yet. Right. And, and it's like, like it just it just like even when the Celtics were in, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a big Celtics guy. Get out of here. Oh, you knew that. Don't even act. I know. You guys are the most overrated franchise in the past 10 years. Okay, there we there we go. There it is. Over the past 10 years, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Back in the day, you had Larry. I get that. <laughs> but, like, who you had in the past, ever since you lost Paul Pierce. I was going to say, you, you, took, you took the words I was going to say. We got Paul, Garnett, Rondo. Listen, listen. Other, uh, arguably the most overrated NBA basketball player of all time. Other than Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's dog. He's just horrible. 
You got Paul Pierce, who mistaken. Did he win the finals MVP? I don't think he did, did he? Who won it then? You keep talking. I'll look it up. All right, so if he won the finals MVP, horrible. We had John Santacupo, who's won the back-to-back MVPs, and I'm pretty sure your wife has a better bag than he does. Like, the dude can't play. It, it was Paul. Okay, it was Paul. Paul did win the 08 MVP. Other than Andre Iguodala, the most overrated, undeserving, just and just disgraceful finals MVP of all time. <laughs> How did Iguodala win MVP? He had a freaking corner shot in Cleveland. He hit one clutch three in the corner in game six of the NBA Finals in 2006, 15, 15 or 16. 16. 16. 2016, he hits the corner. He's in the left corner. Steph drives. Everybody collapses. He dishes it to him, right? And by the grace of God, he closes his eyes and makes a shot and he gets finals MVP. I don't understand it. Fun fact, I was at that game. Were you really? I was at the final. I was at the NBA finals in 2016. Golden State won it at Cleveland. No, I remember that. I remember seeing your Snapchat stories. Yes. No, I remember that. let Let me see if I can get my IG. But, um, you know, LeBron's just, uh, I mean, he's soft right now. And I don't know if it has a lot to do with. Do uh, you think it has to do with career longevity? Rather than trying to be, go in, drive, get hacked. You think he's holding out for Bronny? He's trying to hold, prolong his career to play with his kid? We go. I hope we can see it. That is me yeah. about 20 rows up at the NBA Finals, 2015. So Okay, so it was 15. Was fifteen. Okay, I thought it was sixteen. Well, we got we got a thing, man. We graduated in fifteen. That's right. It's weird. I feel like I'm an old man. Right. Would <laughs> be holding out for Brownie. Um, which would be fun. I mean, it would it be? Is it the first father son in the NBA together? If it happens, because I I can't think of anyone that that's happened to together. Maybe. That, that's what I'm talking about. Like together, kind of like a King Griffey, King Griffey Junior thing. Because you got stuff like Steph and Dale, like they they played in the NBA, and then I mean, you you have you have a long list list like that. But yeah, maybe 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 first together, maybe. Yeah, but I think you know, and I and I love LeBron. I love what he does off the court. Um, to be honest with you, one of the one of the most um, respected people, even though people hate him, he should be the, the community. Oh yeah. The, you know, it, but the saddest thing is people want to bring politics and everything, and and it kind of deadens the reputation because people are ignorant. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the, the man built a freaking school and is paying for yeah. every kid to go to college. Yeah, that was like people were like, "Oh, this, this." I was like, "You guys realize this is out of his pocket? Like, it's like it's not gonna like people are like, oh, but the taxes are gonna go up." It's like, this is free school. LeBron's paying for it. Just let it happen. And you know whether we say soft because he is soft, and um, but but old Bron wasn't, and we, we thankfully we got the opportunity to see you know six Bron, bro six Bron hit different. Coming back, that man had killer in his eyes every game. Gonna be six next season. So they got dropped. So you know maybe, maybe the killer might be back. Maybe he's maybe he's gonna ride off in the sunset this summer. He's gonna do Space Jam 2.0, whatever the heck it's called. He's gonna have his red carpet and he's gonna get that out of his system. And he the killer might be back. But um as of right now, soft. I 
I, I'd love to. I wouldn't be able to guard him. Oh no, no, he'd make me look stupid. He towers over me by like four inches, and he can dunk, and I can't. I'd like, like to just see what happens. I mean, I like. I don't. I don't know that I would score. He may give me like one shot at the beginning of the game just to humor me, and then like lock me down. See, that's the one thing about basketball, though, is unlike any other sport, you're gonna get lucky. Yeah, like I did at, at you know two in the morning. Yeah, you got lucky. <laughs> It's anybody, 10 shots, they're going to make at least one, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that baseball. You put me at the plate in a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, hey, isn't that thing? 10 times out of 10, I'm swinging, letting go of the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah. You might, you might be able to score on him once. That's the weird thing about basketball. But It should be like the fluke thing. It will be. It will mm-hmm. be. And I, I'm telling you, if I did, it would be everywhere. Oh, dude, I would post it. ESPN would pick it up. Like it'd be, I'd do it everywhere. I'd put it everywhere. Cover. <laughs> Time Magazine Man of the Year, Zach Kelly scores once on LeBron in a pickup game. <laughs> Three from the field, but he did it. <laughs> NBA is interesting right now, and and it's um, you know, luckily we're in the playoffs, and you know, uh, what's your opinion? You did you did you like the NBA in the bubble? Did you like the NBA with the crowd? I, man, I'm. I like the crowd. I I hate. I hated watching sports last year where there was like either no crowd or like artificial noise. Like they're like simulating a crowd. The like the the game atmosphere is so just different. It is, man. Then like especially like I mean I mean you and I both. I mean we're you know we're both athletes and we played in front of crowds and stuff like that. Man, it's just it it kind of adds to like that that mentality like when like in the game. Y'all don't know we're from a small, small little area. I don't know who's gonna listen to this, but from a small little area. So, what's your basketball wise? Because you've been on some cool, you've been in some cool games. Mm-hmm. I know that because I played them. You got to watch them. Um, <laughs> what's the best environment around here? Best environment. I'll tell uh. my. I got one. I don't remember the year. I think it may have been our sophomore year. Man, Raceland Russell was something else. Man, we got in some fight. You remember? You Dude. I dove into the crowd on purpose. Yeah, I remember that. Was, was that at Raceland or was that at Russell? At Raceland. At Raceland. What, what, was that the year they went to sleep in the bleachers? Yes. Oh, my. Okay, real talk. I was in the stands for that. I've never laughed so hard at an opposing team. It was hilarious. So for for context, uh, this was our our one of our rival high schools. We had like eight rival high schools. Everyone in that area was rivals with everyone else. So this is the thing. This is the thing. A little bit different, man. Everybody hated us. Yeah, but everyone also hated Russell. So like every like I said, everyone hated everyone in that area. So that's why we were all rivals. Everybody hated Russell because of who they were. People hated us just because we were jerks. Okay, hot take. Russell was the Duke of our area. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so they come into they come into our home court. They come in pajamas. They've uh, they've got pillows, and we're all kind of looking like what? Like was it pajama day or something? Then they you know they go through their or they go through uh, uh, their lineup. They're going crazy, you know, bouncing up and down. I mean, you would think it's the national championship. Well, here comes our starting lineup. They all fall asleep in the bleachers, throw their pillows, and they are asleep. 
the entire opening lineups until tip off. And it, and it wasn't like twenty five. There was what do you say a hundred kids in that bleachers for Russell easily. It was it, it was it was packed, <laughs> dude. It was a it was a sold out crowd, quote unquote, and it was rocking. It was the first half, and I, this is that's the game I did in the bleachers. It was the <laughs> first half, and I don't remember the name of the play. But the best coach I ever had, Bob Trimble. Um, <laughs> um, he had this dumb little play where it, it was resemblance to JJ Reddick, uh, and I'm not comparing myself to JJ Reddick, but it was it was a resemblance to what he did, where he would uh, kind of go to the go to the under the bucket and kind of pick his side, and and I told Jacob, but Jake, and I was like, hey, throw it wide, and he was like, kind of gave me this look. This one kid was just talking in the bleach, was just talking. Yeah. And I was like, throw it at his face and I'll go get it. <laughs> yeah. you know, Jake, man, Jake is uh, probably the best human being in the world. Love, yeah, I love him to death. Yeah, I, I mean, I look up to him. I look up to him. I look up to you. Like, mm-hmm. you're two men I want to be like. And um, but Jake, Jake's, a, Jake's a great guy. And and he was like, <laughs> like Yeah. He was like, like, you you sure? He pulled me in. He was, I remember like it was yesterday. He was like, who am I supposed to throw it at? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I convinced Bob, I convinced Trim. I was like, run this play. He runs it, man. I bounce off of it. <laughs> and he throws it wide. And I took off. Like, I've never jumped. Like, <laughs> I met this kid's chest. Goosh. And I ran him into the <laughs> punched so many times in that little dog pile oh i guarantee it dude they were ruthless in the ribs it was awesome i jumped up and i was talking and man high school ball was something special but you're right and over here here hold on real quick i'll tell you my favorite crowd i don't know if you were on the team i can't remember when you quit or when you did freshman year it was like three weeks into freshman year basketball i did after you had quit when Fairview won or got runner-up in state championship in football? For football? At Fairview. We played at Fairview. And they honored the team the night we were there. Do you remember that? No. I did, I never went to the road games. Because I hated most the guys on the team anyway. So like, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't want to go. I think, I think we hated each other at the time anyway. We all did, yeah. That play – so Fair, I think they got runner-up, didn't they? Not mistaken. Yeah, no, they got there, and I think that be- got beat by like Beachwood, Beachwood, something like that. And it was something. It was one of those big schools. Their aunt and everybody and their brother is at this game. Standing room. Mm. Not like it. Not like it. I think that I think that Cracker Jack box holds like fifty people anyway. Yeah, it's it's not a very big gym at all. Isaiah King was a monster. <laughs> I'm not mistaken. He played Division One football somewhere. I don't remember. Yeah, I know he went to college and played football. I think he went D one for a minute somewhere mm-hmm. I went. Cal State Berkeley, maybe. Maybe. Uh, oh man, that was a fight. <laughs> and I, you know, as a player, I love crowds. As a, as a coach, I, I, I feed off crowds. Um, granted, I coach with Shawnee, so the, so the pandemic it didn't seem like a whole lot of difference. But um, 
no crowd to so yeah y'all y'all were making a run and y'all were still empty is is i was like i was like they're they're making a push why is it not a sellout every night and you know we we had the opportunity to win the national championship this past season 2021 20 2020 2021 national champs in the nia um led by an amazing coach and had the opportunity to learn from this man and it, it, we missed the crowds. Oh, we had yeah. we got all the golden bears, just a bunch of old people that come to the game. <laughs> I, I just, just wanted to hear them, man. But thankfully, when we made it to Kansas City at the national tournament, they, they had a crowd. My family got to come. My girl Grace got to come. Yeah, no, I saw, I found your mom and dad on ESPN. I was I was watching that game, and I sent a picture to your mom. I was like, I was like, I saw you guys on ESPN. Uh, you know. Being on ESPN was fun. It's I've been on there coaching a few times for some games and stuff, and that was, that was a special moment. And crowd crowds just make a difference, especially with the NBA. Oh yeah, oh pro yeah pro sports man. It's it was it's wild how much like you don't realize how much that crowd really feeds into it. Pro sports though, like with the bubble, my opinion, it was fun to be able to hear the calls. You know, right, listening to what Brad Stevens is saying was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it was cool. And listening to Monty Williams and those NBA coaches are real deal people. And um, it was it was really interesting for me to listen to. But I think that's the main difference as to why, like I said, those numbers are down so much. Yeah. Because you got, and you know, I love you to death, but you're not the basketball guy. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not the first, I'm going to be the first line I'm telling you, like, dude. I know jack shit about basketball. Like I know, I know how to play, but like as far as like the in depth, like I am with baseball, even football. Like I'm like, I'm not the guy to jump in and be like, yeah, this, 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 and this. So now all those people who just enjoyed watching it are not there, and you got people who you got the dummies like me who just study. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's the thing. That's who's watching it now, and and I think that's why the viewership's down. Because mm-hmm. the the casual fan is is pretty much diminished. When it comes to, because it's like it's not. See, I like personally, I enjoy watching college basketball far more than the NBA, mainly because of defense. I'm a big defensive guy, not like big. Like I was big on defense. I really wasn't a good shooter. I could shoot free throws, but it's like I was a big like like that was defense. Like even you back to the '90s, man. You look at you look at some of those like NBA playoff games. Like you scored 90 points, man. You're running away with a game. Like there was games in the '90s in the like Eastern Conference Finals, man. It was like seventy-five to to eighty. And that was your final score. Those guys took pride in the defense, and then you had yeah, you had psychopaths like Dennis Rodman. <laughs> you had these dogs who um, who took pride in us, and it's just not it, the yeah. game transformed. And thank God we got blessed to to watch Steph Curry, and he changed the game. Um, best shooter of all time, in my opinion. Uh, you got Ray Allen. It's cute. Ray Allen's a catch and shoot guy, but he 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 can't create like that. And yeah. uh, you know it's it's we're living in an interesting time in sports. Mm-hmm. In sports in general, you know we got you got football. Think about football real quick. All these amazing athletes. You got Lamar Jackson. You got it's just outstanding. Man's impeccable. Um, but the dog. In the NFL, it's Tom Brady. Absolutely. There's a, and he's what 40? 43. He'll be for he's, he's forty three. Dogs the dogs forty three. That's un. I want you to think right now. 
the oldest player you can think of that has ever played any professional sport. Tell me one. I've got a couple just off the top of my head. Tell me one guy that has played professional sports that's not golf over the age of 45. Adam Vinatieri. Vinatieri, I'll give you. That was I made it too easy. <laughs> Besides Adam Vinatieri, which he, well he's done. He retired. He's done. It's the only one I can think of right now. Who else? You yeah. Got? Um, they were all knuckleballers. Dicky, Dicky was I think 45, 46. The uh, Negro brothers, they pitched well into their 50s. Waitfield was in his uh, his early 50s, I believe. Right. Like they were doing it at a a level to where like there wasn't like a a lot of stress on their body. Bro, Brady's getting smacked. Like obviously Tampa's taking better care of him than New England had in those last like three, four years. But like I mean he's getting popped and he's getting back up and he's still doing it at a incredibly competitive level. Like MVP level at forty he's he's my dad's age. Tom Brady and my father are the same age. And Tom Brady is still competing on a Hall of Fame level every week. And it is unheard of. Yeah. It, it, it blows my mind every time he goes out there. Yeah, like we've been we've been lucky to see LeBron for 18 seasons, 17. Something like that. 17, 18. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, just a few injuries here and there. Um, but that oh, he don't have that dog. He don't have that that um uh, that killer instinct. Yeah, Brady breaking neck for fun, bro. I've seen because I mean I'm, I'm a, like I said I'm a, I'm a Boston guy. I know I'm wearing my red stuff. I mean that that's the home team. I got a lot of red stuff. I mean I got my Bengals cup, but I'm I'm a I'm a Boston guy. So like watching him in New England, some of the Super Bowls, man. You see that look and like if you know what that look is with Brady, like you know what I'm talking about. But you see that look. Just pack your bags. You're losing that ball game. As I sure say, become it. He's got that it factor, baby. It is. Man. He's got that it factor. No man, but he he's just he's got that switch. He's got Tom Brady and Tom fucking Brady. Like there's two modes, and like Tom Brady's good, but Tom fucking Brady, like twenty eight to three. Like get it? I I want twenty eight to three tattooed on me, at some point. Like that. That dude was just in that. That okay. So, so we're we're almost done here. I know we had a couple other topics we were going to talk about. We'll save it for another day. But last last story. So Super Bowl forty or Super Bowl fifty one, where it was the twenty eight to three game. That was Christine's for or my wife. That was her first New England Patriots game she has ever watched with me. And the emotions throughout that entire game. Like, I, I really didn't know if she was going to stick around because I really made an ass of myself the whole night. Because I was down, I was, like, ready to throw chairs. I was screaming. Like, we're, we're in a like a, a fairly small room with maybe 50 people. So we had Falcons fans on one side, we had Patriots fans on the other. I'm, like, screaming at the, tel- like at the, like the projector screen, like, as if I'm, like, in the stands like a coach. Like, I'm Bill Belichick. And I'm, I'm making an ass of myself. Well, then they start making the comeback, and I'm, you know, I start standing up. I'm like pacing back and forth. Like, I've like, I've left her in a corner. Like, at this point, she is there, but the Patriots are the only thing that's on my mind that night. And so then, like, we, we got so rowdy that the building, the, uh, the building manager told us we had to settle down. Like, we were, dude, we were going nuts. Th- this is before they even win, this is before the overtime touchdown. Like this is the like the build up like the last drive of, of regulation, and I just kind of I was like, 
Like, it's the Super Bowl. This is what you guys signed up for. Well, and then they, uh, uh, then they, you know, they, they drive down in overtime, you know, one of the all-time greatest drives in, in not even Brady's his, uh, career, football history. Like, you back and watch that drive. He is methodical, the way he drove, those game when he drives. It's, in, it's, I mean, unreal. So then they win. Falcon side is silent. No one has said a word in like 12 minutes. New England side, we're going nuts. We're throwing shit everywhere. I freaking walk over to Christine, grab her by the face, give her like the biggest kiss ever. Like start, I'm like champagne, water everywhere. Like it was the, it was like, I've like, that was the first time I'd been like to the lowest lows in a game all the way to the highest high, like in two hours. It was, it was wild. It was absolutely unreal. Yeah, man. It's, it's one of those things that you're always going to think about. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome performances. Um, it's the same thing as Steph Curry when he when he just took over for a little bit. You always oh, got yeah. no, there's nothing like that comeback that, that, that Brady had. Man, it was it was definitely special. Mm-hmm. The, let's get one more topic. Which is- all right, all right. So you pick it. MLB has issued a statement about using foreign stuff substance in baseball. So before I get to that. I want you to tell me what is the hardest sport that you think is to cheat in. You can you can cheat in any way, any way, but what is the hardest sport to cheat in? Maybe golf. Well, if you don't, well, here's the thing. I was thinking golf. You cheat in golf. I'm I'm talking like if you and I were to go out and play a sport, what would be the hardest? I've got I just thought of a really stupid one. Bowl, bowling. How are you gonna cheat in bowling, man? It's all automated. Better, bro. Like, I, I don't know what you're thinking. I mean, obviously, like I said bowling, like, cause it's it's all in the the system. Like, there's like, um, I love about hockey. You really, I mean, obviously they got, I mean, steroids and stuff like that. But I mean, no one juices in in hockey. Like, you're all big dudes. You're beating the piss out of each other every night. I, yeah, you're you're literally fighting. Um, MMA, I think would be another hard one because I mean you have to pass drug tests. Boxing, you gotta. Well, you, I mean boxing, like f- uh, combat sports. Yeah, probably those. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the easiest one. This is this is I think it'll shock. I mean it won't shock you, but like coming from me, baseball, the easy sport to cheat in. I mean you think you got, you got roids, you've got, um, I mean sign stealing. Now you've got pitchers juice or uh, loading the ball, which that's been around for I mean as long as baseball's been around. But back to my topic of the cheating in baseball. So Major League Baseball had issued a statement saying, basically, hey, we know you guys are loading the ball. We've known. Stop doing it, or we're gonna slap you with a ten-game suspension. For starters, you're missing maybe two starts. That's it. For these relievers. You like you, you catch a closer. Say Rollis Chapman goes out, gets busted. The Yankees are dog shit right now. Anyways, doesn't matter. But he goes out. MLB slaps with ten games. They're without a Rollis Chapman for ten days, so they've got to pick someone else, Joe Smo, from their bullpen, and they've and he's got to be the closer, who is not going to have the same effectiveness. So now Chapman has now hurt his team. 
and, you know, himself. So it's like, but here's the thing. I don't, like, this is coming from me as a pitcher. I don't, I've, I've tried using, like, a little bit of pine tar. Man, it's weird. I don't like it. I can't, I'm a very touchy-feely when it comes to my pitches with, because I got tiny hands anyways. Like, I don't, I don't have, like, Kawhi Leonard, like, foot-long fingers where I can, like, throw, like, split fingers and, like, really move the ball. So, like, I'm, I'm very, like, on my fingertips as it is. But you're starting to see it now. Uh, Tyler Glass now, he, uh, the ace for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, he goes out. First game, all he did was a, it's a sunscreen and a rosin mix. So he has, you know, some sunscreen on him, and he took the rosin bag, and it makes his hands a little stinky, so he can grip the baseball a little bit better. And he goes out, he's got partial torn uh, UCL. He may have to have Tommy John if he doesn't heal. This is after the first start, after he stops using the substance. Because what he had to do, I actually have a baseball right here. It's the autograph baseball that we have. But, so instead of gripping on his fingertips, because he didn't have that grip, he had to, here, I'll show you this way. He had to then choke the baseball, which then flexes that. You can already see, that's flexing that, that ligament. And then when you release, that's just a lot of stress on that, that UCL. Going from, I mean, because if, if you see right here, this is fingertips. Yeah. Not the same as there. There, there. Big difference on the elbow. And you're seeing a lot of these guys that are because MLB said cold turkey, no substance. Not like, hey, the big thing people or pitchers are using is spider tack. And I actually did I knew spider tack was a, stick, a sticky substance. I didn't know what it was used for, but then I, I saw something it was on TikTok this morning, it was a guy breaking it down. Spider tack's used for uh for like power lifters. So it's just like um just a sticky substance you rub on your hands and it dries clear, which is why pitchers are using it because it's really hard to find it. But it's used for like the strong the strongman competitions on the Atlas Stones. And that way these guys can stick their hands to this rock and that rock is not going to fall out of their hands. So this, I mean, it's, you can really coat it on and like it, I mean, when you put it, it sticks and yeah. And so what these guys, they're not using that spider tech for grip. They're using it for spin rate. And so in baseball, spin rate is how you get more velocity out of your fastball. So you see some of these guys when like a fastball comes out, it looks like it's going up. It's going like it's it's called it's called a rise in your fastball. It's not really rising. It's just got so much spin. It kind of it kind of bumps at the last second. And then on your curveball, it um uh, like or anything on like a breaking pitch, it adds more spin. It breaks more. That's why you see some of these guys out there throwing like wiffle balls. Odds are they're probably using like spider tack. And the the thing that was wild about it is that uh MLB came out originally and said, hey, knock it off. It's gonna be ten games. Like, don't make us be serious about it. When some of the guys, so Garrett Cole, Aroldis Chapman, and Trevor Bauer were the three, three main guys that, that got hit on this. Just because they're like, they're mainstream. They're doing just, I mean, Chapman's been doing crazy stuff since he was in Cincinnati back like when we were in high school. Um, but then Garrett Cole and, um, and Trevor Bauer are, I mean, they're just, they're, they were red hot. I mean, Bauer, I think they both won the, the Cy, Young, or Cy Youngs respectively last year. I know Bauer was the NL. I can't remember who won the AL last year, but um, their their spin rate on their fat on all of their pitches were down. It was about two hundred RPM, and Chapman's was down three hundred. Now I want you to think, real quick. Uh, speaking of Chapman, how hard is the role does Chapman throw? Didn't he clip a hundred a few times? He consistently hits a hundred. Now, if I told you Aroldis Chapman threw a 96-mile-an-hour fastball, would you think I was lying? 
Yes. And if I told you Josh Donaldson hit him about 450 feet off that 96-mile-an-hour fastball, would you think I was lying? Wow, yes. Because that happened. Did it really? Yes. This was after Major League Baseball came out and said, hey, knock it off. Spin rates went down. Aroldis Chapman dropped 300 RPM, which you cannot do naturally. That is that is so much so much RPM that it's it's phys- naturally impossible to bump that much. And then uh, another fun stat: so Garrett Cole, he because uh, whenever he came up, he was in the Pirates organization. Then he got was either traded or signed with the the uh, Astros in like 2017, 2016, I don't know. I don't have like the stats in front of me, but it was it was around that time. Uh, they've done a stat graph of his spin rate. He was it was pretty av- it was just it was above the 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 average of the league which I mean that's normal. He went to the Astros, it bumped up 250 RPM. He's in that weight room, son. Yeah, no, you you can't add 250 RPM naturally. But the and then a lot of these guys uh, or a, a lot I mean uh, there's a Barstool podcast it's called Starting Nine. Dallas Braden he he pitched with the um, the uh, Oakland Athletics for a, a number of years, and he was like, "Yeah, was like I, I mean, he was a, I think he was a, a sunscreen rosin guy. I mean, nothing, nothing like nothing pine tar, nothing spider tack. It was sold. That stuff was solely to get a grip on the ball to have better command. And Pete Alonso, he is the first baseman for the Mets. He came out and said, "Like, look, man, I don't, I don't care. It's like if they can throw strikes with it, I don't care. It's like it's, it's the stuff that they're using for grip." That that's like he's like I don't like if they're using grip I would rather a guy that's throwing 97 plus have a grip on a baseball and be able to locate that ball than a guy throwing 97 and it's gonna come at my head because he can't grip a baseball and control it. That's a great argument too. Yeah, no, and I I never thought of it like that as I'm like as I'm always like oh I hate juicing like like quit quit loading the ball and then he said that and I was like man I've never thought of it like that. Ooh. So, so but like, but that's the thing is like. The spider tack is used to add spin rate, which is adding a, an unfair advantage to these hitters. Because I mean, like these guys are throwing wiffle balls at, and the, I mean, no one's gonna be able to touch this stuff. But it's like the the sunscreen rosin, um, you know, putting a little bit of pine tar just on the tip of your fingers to be able to grip a baseball, just to be able to get it on the tip of your fingers and just locate a ball. Man, I'm gonna be honest, I don't got a problem with that. And then I I forget real quick, I forget who else was uh who, someone else I was thinking about it. I think it was another Barstool podcast I was listening to that they were talking about the same issue because it's I mean it's big in sports right now. Um, hitters can use pine tar. They put pine tars on their bat to be able to hold on to their baseball bat. Why can't a pitcher put a little bit on his fingers to be able to grip his baseball a little bit better? That's a good point as well. I mean, I think the problem that the MLB is running into is I think <clears throat> I'm, I'm as in a baseball as you are in a basketball, so I'm not very there. But, yeah. Um, I think I heard on ESPN the other day, about a week or four ago, Clayton Kershaw said the uh, there's too many no hitters, right? Oh, there's way too many no hitters. Dude, we've had we've had more no hitters this year than we had over like the last like three seasons or something like that. It's it's absurd. So with all due respect to the game of baseball, what pitchers do is fantastic. It's 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 borderline one of the most impressive things that a human being can throw a ball and make it do whatever it wants. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But that's not what sells tickets. That's not 
what the fans are coming there for. The fans are not coming there to buy $400 seats behind the plate to maybe get the catcher to throw them a ball when they're coming off the field. They're there to sit in the bleachers in the outfield catch catch a home run ball. Yeah. See, that's that's like the whole mentality of sports is it's like kind of, you know, the, the chicks dig the long ball, the three is the god of, of basketball. Like it's it's the high, everyone's chasing the highlight always like, you know, a, a double in the gap, you know, to start an inning like, yeah, it's cool. But a leadoff home runs way cooler and it pays the bills a lot better. Same thing as like freaking three from the logo is a lot cooler than a layup off the glass. Like it's and and the thing is, what's sad is people don't respect the new hitter and people don't care. Like it's like, eh, whatever. Cool. You're the, mm-hmm. the casual fan. And and but the casual fan wants to watch somebody rip it 450 feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's the problem the MLB turned into is now fans are like, bro, stop. So the um, to to kind of counter that the um, so I think two things that helps pull down the no hitters and puts the ball in the play more. One, get rid of the damn shift. I'm tired of it. I've seen it too much. I watched Manny Machado, who plays third base, field a ball in right field. The other side of the baseball field, I watched him field a ball in right field for the San Diego Padres. I'm tired of it. Get rid of it. I hate it. I've seen it work just as much as it not work. But the problem about it is, is that it's taking hits away from the game. And it's, it's like, and that, I think that's one of the bigger re- one of the biggest reasons why we're seeing so many no hitters. Is it because you have all these guys that, you know, like these left-handed hitters, you throw everyone except for your third baseman to the right side, and that he just, a ball that would normally be a single, you, you've you hit it into the outfield. You've got a second baseman who's playing short right field. When he feels it, throws it first for now. Yeah. And then another thing is that this was in the same interview that Pete Alonso was talking about. Major League Baseball is apparently, this is, this is all coming from Pete Alonso. You guys can look it up and kind of make your own opinion about it. Um... Pete Alonso was going on the record. He said that Major League Baseball either juices or dens the baseball based on what the predominant player is in the offseason for free agency. So this year, it's a lot of hitters. So what they've done is that they've deadened the baseball. Home run numbers are down. Slugging's down. OPS is down. So they're like, oh, it's like, so when you get to free agency, you know, you look at the numbers, they're, you know, down over the last couple of years because the baseball's deadened. And... So now, you know, front office can be like, well, your numbers are down. You know, sorry, we can't pay you that $300 million you want. We can pay you $200 million. When pitchers are, uh, are, when a big group of pitchers are about to come in free agency, they juice the ball. It's like, well, sorry, man, your ERA bumped up a, you know, you went from a 2-1 to a, a 3-5. I can't give you $200 million. I can give you 150 That's a great, <laughs> that's a great thing. And I, like and like this, like I said, this is coming from Pete Alonso. This, that obviously I paraphrased, it, of course, but that's along the parameters of what he said. Is that Major League Baseball is controlling the baseball itself to hinder free agency for the front offices? Wow, what a what a theory. Mm-hmm. That that is, yeah. I was I heard that and I was like, oh my god! I was like, that makes so much sense though, because like whenever you go back and look at the stats, it's like. Yeah, no, that tracks. Like that makes a lot of sense. The two things from this topic that that makes sense is that, and when you mentioned the hitter that would rather somebody have control, mm-hmm. 
I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, I'm after I heard Pete Alonzo's take on be like, Hey, I don't care. Just like, don't like if it prevents him from hitting me in the face with 96 or like just hitting me in the face with a baseball. I don't care what they use. Just like it's the, the spider tack, the, the unfair RPM advantage that they have. Cause like the, the hitters don't have something like that to counteract it. True. So it's like there's not like a there's not like a, a balance. It's like pitchers just have the advantage on that one. That's that's true. And like I said, I think I think the one thing that the MLB is is trying to reduce is what Clayton Kershaw said is is there's too many too many no hitters, there's mm-hmm. too many this, there's too many that, and that's not sadly that's not the sexy thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like it. The first no hitter of this of every season is always like, all right, who's gonna throw? Who's gonna throw? Who's gonna throw? And it's never anyone you know. Like I don't, I couldn't even tell you who threw the first no hitter this year. Like it was like it's it's a guy I've never heard of. It's like oh cool, it's some Joe Random from Cleveland. Like I don't, it wasn't Cleveland. I think it was, it was like I, said, I don't, even, I couldn't even tell you. But then like the second one normally happens, you know, around the All Star break, and then you have maybe maybe one more towards the end of the season. Do we've had five? Yeah, before the All Star break, and I think it just it cheapens the product. I think is what what I'm trying to say is that the the um the feeling of seeing that no hitter, getting that no hitter alert on my phone, because like I there's been a couple no hitters. I've stopped what I was doing to watch and to just just do basically watch it. Now it's like I see it. I'm like like I'm I was like I've seen five. It's like I don't I'm good for the year. Right, and and it's taken the the pop from that moment. Mm-hmm. We haven't had we haven't had a perfect game this year yet. We've only had we've had five no we haven't had a perfect game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we have. Think you're wrong. Didn't Montana Fouts throw a perfect? <laughs> Montana Fouts threw the first perfect game of the season for Alabama women's softball. Yes, on her twenty first birthday. 21 up, 21 down on her 21st birthday. I will give you that one, sir. That lady is... Bro, she is a different breed of pitcher. Oh, my gosh. And she's from our area. Yeah. She's from East Carter, which is crazy. Rocking rocking it down there in Tuscaloosa. She's, you know, I, I watched more softball this past month than I have. Right. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. Dude, I love it. Dude, I've watched more college softball and college baseball this year than I think I have in like the past like five years. I ain't gonna lie to you, I ain't gonna cap. It's all because of Montana. I, she, I, I followed her on Twitter. Yeah, uh, because my mom was friends with her mom or or something, and and I was like, oh cool, like she's going to she's going to Bama, like that's great. And then like two years later, you get on social media and it's just like, hey, dummy, she's a goat. Right, dude. It's dude. She's a different breed of pitcher. I watched her pitch against somebody. She was playing. They're playing at Alabama, and I watched. I watched first pitch to last, and I think it's it's, um, it's awesome. Yeah, she she's special. She mm-hmm. is a gift. Um, yeah, I I was amazed. I told my dad. I was like, I want I want to get behind him. <laughs> Strap, strap the gear on, see if you can catch it. You can catch it, dude. I, dude, I want to get in the box. 
Like, forget behind the plate. I want to get in the box. I'll let you. I'll let you. Like, that's not like a baseball versus softball thing. I was like, I genuinely just want to see if I can. Because, like, like, the movement on her pitches, it's unreal. I've never seen a softball move like that. Six foot six one. Maybe. Good girl. She's she's tall. Very tall. Tall for tall for a lady. And man, opportunity to watch her. Six one. She is six foot one. One six foot one and an animal. An absolute animal. Dude. And we we got that we got the chance to watch her, got the chance to know she's from the area. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's the same thing. I mean, we've had you think about this, bro. Talking about athletes. Do we've had a lot of good athletes come from our area? We had some female athletes. Yeah, we had uh, Robinson went to Colorado. Her sister went to Louisville. Now we've got Montana. Yeah, we went to Alabama. Elk. I mean, I mean, she's seen records. Like that's wild. You know, one of the, you know one of the guys, one of my really good friends from Colgrave, he's playing for the Jags right now, and like that's you know that's fantastic. He's um, he's murdering it. He's really the only male, you know. Mm. Um, or in our in our group, in our grouping of people. See, you had Aaron Pet. You you had Aaron Petrie who kicked our age. Or our age. Well, okay. So you had Jacob Barnwell who was a catcher for Boyd County. He's in the he's in the Rockies organization. He went and played. Yeah, he played two years at Ohio State. He actually got drafted at high school. He but he he went to Ohio State to play two years and he got drafted again by the Rockies. Uh, you had Cameron Plank. He's retired. He had a, a shoulder problems, um, but he got drafted out of high school by the Mets. So he played rookie ball with the Mets for a while. Um, Gage. He's actually he got called up to single A, so he's playing single A ball right now for the Royals organization. Gage. Um, and what an athlete. Dude, what an athlete. He's he. I always hated the kid because I mean, obviously he was played green up. I played at Raceland. We were made to hate each other. You know. Uh, and then and then Trey, he's he like best friends with him. I can't, have I told you the story about him getting called by the Red Sox in class. So okay, okay, yeah. So for for everybody, for the, like the four people that are probably going to ever hear this, um, so my my brother uh went to high school with Gage, who like I said, he's a single A player in the uh, the uh, the Kansas City Royals organization right now. Um, and they're sitting in, it was ironically, it was my dad's math class because he teaches there. Um, so they're sitting in his uh, in his class and they're sitting next to each other and Gage gets a phone call and he looks over my brother and goes, hey, look, it's the Red Sox. And he's like, should I, uh, should I answer? My brother's like, you better answer that. And he looks at my dad and he goes, hey, coach, I got to take it. He goes, go. And so he had to leave. He left class, talked to the Red Sox and like came back to class. I had the opportunity out my first coaching gig that I got. Um, it was Gage's senior year, uh, and and being able to sit and watch Gage and and just an athlete, man. Oh, dude, he just unreal. Because when, because I think whenever whenever I played my senior year, I think he was an eighth grader, and he was he was performing better than some of the seniors I'd seen that year. It was. He he could have went. Uh, it maybe not D one to play basketball, but he could have went somewhere to play ball. Yeah. Dude, he was just a freak athlete. It was we, we've got we've got to see if we can get him on the show. That'd be that'd be awesome to talk to him. Yeah, man, he's a stud muffin. Uh-huh. Uh, and watched him practice. He practiced. He practiced hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and dude, dude, and the dude did it the right way too. Like I like I respect the hell out of the kid. kid. I kind of didn't know how to take him because I like you. Like I, I had that competitive nature. Yeah. 
where I played against him, and I was like, man, this little kid. Um, then I and then I got to I got to put him through practice and, and and actually sit and have a front row seat to this athlete, and you were like, oh, wow, like you know what I mean? It was very mm-hmm. good to see. Um, yeah, but you know we yeah we have we've had some studs, some absolute studs. Yeah. Male, female, you know, Alabama softball, Jacksonville Jaguars, Colorado, mm-hmm. Cardinals, like um, some gifted human beings. And, you know, you know, my dumpy little butt went to Muskegon, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we've had some studs. And, and talking about no hitters, man, she's the first one I think of. Montana. Montana. One of our own. Salute. Boost. <laughs> All right, man, you got to. Got anything else you wanna you wanna add or you wanna? Bro, oh no! Every Wednesday we gonna do this. Every Wednesday we gonna we gonna call it Wednesdays. Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning meetup. You know, I got I got the coffee, everything. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> Man, I had, I had a glass of water. Oh, I got a little bit of water left. Yeah. Love work at two a.m. Woke up right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's been the uh, first episode of Coach in the Media. I guess we're gonna be coming at you guys. Probably we'll record Wednesdays and I'll try to get up by Thursdays. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but so I'll be looking for us every Thursday for a while. I'll have nothing to do with that. I ain't that smart. That's all him. So I'm <laughs> just here to talk. <laughs> Zach gets a time and he shows up. That's that's what he, that's his job right now. So I have I got I got <laughs> four jobs, things working, interviews coming up that I'll tell you about off this. Yeah. Um, girl, an amazing girl I got to deal with. And, um, just, just <laughs> I mean, still live at home, but still live at home, but grinding like I'm grinding like I'm something. Hey, man, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, man, hopefully, I'll be down your way. Hopefully, that would be actually get you like in person. We can, we can, we have wink, wink. Yeah, hopefully. we can go to studio in the I'm office. I'll pop off. So, yeah, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that a little later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, this is fun. Two, two, three years in the making, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Coaching the media pop, so we'll have about six negative six people watch this, but that's okay. Hey, look, the rock started with seven dollars. Now look at it. Yeah, look, look, he started with seven dollars, and I got a pen with a feather on it. Look at that. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, hey, look, I got a quarter right here. There we go. Hey, yeah, twenty five cents. Twenty five cent podcast. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Um, see you next Wednesday. Peace.